America Meditating Radio Show, we collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24-7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guests as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us. Focusing my thoughts, taking just a minute, sitting quietly, I become aware of my surroundings, I focus on an object in front of me, allowing it to fill my awareness, letting go of any distractions, I hold only the object in my awareness. Even if I'm distracted, I gently return my focus to the object. I identify one quality of that object. I focus on this. I hold this one thought.
Welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. We're broadcasting from the beautiful Meditation Museum in the nation's capital. And we just had a wonderful encounter with Sun Gazette here and just a wonderful exchange. You know, now I'm really beginning to experience more and more that even when the media comes out to feature stories on us, it's not about featuring a story. It's actually just about building a relationship with someone that you haven't seen in a long time. Stay tuned. We're going to have our wonderful friend, Reverend Carolyn Wilkins, on, who's an international speaker, a business consultant, and a whole lot more. And we're going to journey with her on her path and to see how much she has grown and encourage us to grow a little bit more. And before I get Reverend Carolyn on, why don't we do what we do best here on the America Meditating Radio, and that is to go in into silence and to bring the awareness of our own beings to the forefront. So breathe in deeply, relax, and let's let it all go. Om Shanti. The time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate. But even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul, the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender.
under row, title, religion, nationality or even a language. Ask yourself, how do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? Welcome back, everyone. That was from the Off the Grid into the Heart Meditation CD, my favorite track called Letting Go. Well, we're getting ready for the holiday season, and that means a lot of reconnecting and perhaps lots of forgiving, letting go, checking in with where you're at and how your year has been. And who better to talk to about these things, such as Reverend Callan Wilkins, Reverend Carolyn Wilkins is an international speaker, business consultant, and interfaith, intercultural activist in programs, locally and globally. She's a faculty instructor of Agape University and a core member of the Agape Leadership Council. And Carolyn is a staff minister of the Agape International Spiritual Center in California, where she serves as a director of their Global Works Ministry, managing philanthropic, interfaith, and intercultural humanitarian and educational programs so that peace could be brought to our humanity. But now for over 15 years, Reverend Carolyn has been speaking about and teaching inclusion all over the world. She's the executive producer of two internet radio shows, the producer of a meditation CD series, Active in Women's Empowerment Circles, and the author of an upcoming book entitled Peace, Hope and Happiness, A World of Possibilities. Reverend Carolyn recently served as the community manager for Oprah Winfrey's Belief Team, along with Valley's Partnership, and we were happy to be brought on board as a result of Reverend Carolyn's love and faith in us, and so we had an incredible time. And today we'd like to welcome my very dear friend, Reverend Wilkins, on the air. Welcome. Thank you so much, Sister Jenna. I feel so welcome, and I love beginning 
with such a beautiful meditation. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, you know, we have been through quite an interesting journey in the last six or seven months with O Network and Values Partnership and the collaboration of just a multitude of organizations and groups in this country. Just to share with our listeners a little bit about that journey, what was that like coming from your background and your exposure of religious, uh, you know, like traditional religions and non-traditional groups, and what did you find that was very common between all of us that was involved with this incredible movement of the Believe TV series that happened this year? Well, there are a couple of things that come to mind. It was a miraculous and beautiful journey to be a part of, to support, and to actually participate in. I came to the group to assist them in bringing people like yourself to the party who are what they call non-traditional members because the organization already had wonderful relationships with traditional religious groups like the Baptist organization and the Methodist groups. But I spent the last 35 years in more of a new thought, more open universal outreach in the programs I've been involved in. And as a result, have met beautiful people like yourself and those I invited who were in more non-traditional environments. But what I found coming together was that at the core, it didn't matter whether you were traditional or not, there was truly a belief in something greater and that together we make a difference with each other, that there was a sense of oneness. And once everyone started really trusting each other, which didn't take long, by the way, we grew together and we grew deeper together because we all started by watching the episodes, which were done so powerfully and beautifully. We began to look at our own lives to see what our real beliefs were because we had to check in first before we reached out to others. So I was really just touched by the whole series, by embracing the people that I was working with. I was Really, as a community partner, we were coaching others, but at the same time, we were we just really wove a beautiful tapestry together. And it was really all over the world. It was a, a beautiful and amazing experience. It sure was. It sure was. Reverend Callan, share with me a little bit about your journey up until this point, you know, your path of spirituality. I believe you were a former executive with Xerox Corporation. And so I know what that world is like and the mindset that we walk into the corporate office with. What was it that started to amplify more in Carolyn's consciousness that she moved more towards, shall I say, an inclusive consciousness versus one that might have been just specifically for just her needs, mortgage, food, shelter, clothing, you know? <laughs> yes. Well, I actually believe as I as I have gone through this journey in the last year or so, I have realized that my journey started as a young girl growing up in New York City, or Brooklyn specifically, and Long Island. But my parents made sure that we went to do something every weekend. So my journey on a faith journey actually started 
as a child with nature. I love going to late botanical gardens and other things. And I actually was not all that excited about people. I was more (laughs) interested in the plants and the trees and the mountains. And (laughs) I wanted to be a teacher to bring people together to learn more about themselves, but Mm -hmm. moved into the corporate world. And I started out as a computer programmer and systems analyst, so I've always been very systems and process-based. And I went from that into doing marketing. But my heart was always trying to bring people together to see the bigger picture. And where I wound up working was in strategy, operations, which does look at the bigger picture of what's going on and how you move through an organization or launch a product. So I always wound up being involved in things that worked very well for me and were more process-oriented, but my involvement in sales made me more people-oriented. So I brought both of those things together, and as I became more faith-based focused, I knew that it really grew out of the corporate world. There were a lot of broken hearts in the corporate world, making lots and lots of money, but separated from their families, focused only on what the goals and the expectations were for the week or the month. And when they didn't deliver what was being asked for, they were often demeaned and criticized. Mm -hmm. So it was a very competitive environment. And something that I really found out later is that we can still have a competitive and a fun competitive operation without demeaning the person. Because there's a difference between performance and your personal integrity. And most corporations don't know how to focus on bringing up and improving performance without stepping on the hearts and minds and souls of the people. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. And I think that's where the spiritual void is in corporations, which, you know, when I hear Google incorporating meditation with their staff and even own network incorporating meditation, I think people are realizing you can't continue down that road and actually allow your life to even feel like it's alive if you don't bring something more well-intentional or just Mm -hmm. real, just real into the story. Wonderful story. I see that a lot here in Washington, D.C., you know, with corporations and government, there's really a, a deep call for an inner an inner working, an inner communing for us to really be more complete. You serve as a director of the Global Works Ministry at Agape. I'd love to know more because, you know, I love me my Agape friends. Yes, and I'd love you for you to tell our, our, <laughs> our friends about the work of the ministry and why has it become such an important tool for you right now? Why is it so important in Carolyn's life? Well, the Agape International Spiritual Center is under the direction of the founder, Michael Bernard Beckwith. We are celebrating 29 years, so lots of things have happened in that time frame. The Global Works Ministry is one that we reach out into the world in a humanitarian way. And some people may have been approached for in different organizations to and are familiar with the kind of missionary work that churches do, where they go and they want to convert people to their religion in order for them to receive the help. That is not what we do. 
we find people who are doing amazing work, usually all of them are non-government organizations, who are doing humanitarian work in the places that they live. And we find those people and support them in the work they're doing. And it's all over the world. It includes organizations like Savradeya and Dr. Ariatna to the Ethereum Mission in Ghana, Karagana, the organizations in South Africa, in South America. We also do humanitarian aid when there is disaster relief. So we've given in Haiti as well as in Japan. So it's a really beautiful outreach of the community that comes from tithing. So when people share their funds with the church, there's a certain percentage that is used, and we use that to reach out to organizations. So in addition to financial support, we also help them with skill building for infrastructure, for community work, assisting them in how they may do fundraising. So that it's just out of my own personal joy of doing that that I outreach to 30 to 40 organizations. That's a big job, Carolyn. I didn't know it was so expensive. That's incredible. That's <laughs> well, incredible. It's, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not every day that there's – well, it is every day that something comes up, but I'm able to manage and monitor what I do because it's not a full-time position, but it's a full-heart position. It sure is. It sure is. Yes. Based on your experiences, okay, what changes have you seen as a result of all the interfaith activities that have taken place, let's say, over the past 10 years especially? And are we more connected? Are we more in community with each other based on our faith and belief systems? Is, is it getting better in your in your eyes? In my eyes, I see it getting better. I don't always see it getting better from the way the media covers it. But I have attended, I'm the president of the Culver City Interfaith Alliance, and we work together with quite a few faith-based organizations as well as community-based organizations. And I'm connected to ones in Los Angeles, Orange County, those are all areas in California. And we come together, we have breakfast, we have dinners, we have other things. So the leadership is definitely outreaching to each other. And there are events that happen through the year where members of the community can come together. What I don't always see, however, are the organizations themselves getting together so that they get to understand each other. And quite honestly, this is one of the things I'm going to use the belief series for, which is to bring this kind of conversation into different organizations. Because if you don't have a conversation, you don't really investigate on a deeper level what it means to sit next to someone. Because you can be in community with someone who is Jewish and Muslim and sit there and be at a movie theater or at dinner. But if you don't have a conversation, you're still not necessarily moving forward in being accepting, understanding, and appreciative of the deep faith that people have and allow them to be who they are and worship who they want. Mm, I like that. I like that. And I want us to 
sort of add to the conversation of the recent video that was released in Chicago, which I never watch these videos, Reverend Carolyn, yes. where that teenager was shot down. I even passed it on to a friend of ours, and she was like, I'm a light worker. I don't want to see any more of that. Yes. And for some reason, I wasn't quite sure why I was led to watch that, because I never do. But upon seeing that, it again continued to percolate my knowledge as to what on in the mind of a violent person. You have done a great deal of work in the area of nonviolence and forgiveness. And while many people are still looking for God and they're moving towards spirituality, why is there still this energy, this peacelessness that's in the world where officers, it's not even just one, can take out a gun and shoot an unarmed 16 or 17-year-old walking down the street? He might have been a little bad boy, but he didn't have a gun on him. So what's going on in the consciousness? What's your interpretation of that? And how can we attain peace at this time? I watched that this morning, and my husband and I actually had a debate about it this morning. The young man, I believe, did have a knife, which in the mind of the police officer gave him reason to take action. So when I looked at it, I was totally disturbed and saddened. But the young man wasn't coming toward the officer. The young man was just walking down the street. And for the officer to shoot him like six or eight seconds after he came on the scene is unconscionable. And really what is underlying this, the sad thing, is the lack of humanity, I believe, in seeing certain people as being equal to you or human. And I I think it's that deep because there's still a divide in this country of what has happened with the slave experience. What is ha- I think we see it with immigration uh, and this foolish attempt by Trump to talk about building a wall between the United States and Mexico. And you know, no one whispers that part <laughs> of this country was Mexico. You know, I mm-hmm. I, I just I. Yes, my own history knows that, you know, most of California was Mexico. So, you know, how how dare we talk about why are people coming into our country, you know, when somebody else changed the borders? You know, but, Carolyn, uh, we're not even going to talk about Trump. It'll make no sense uh, to me. <laughs> it makes no sense, yes. But the, uh, what police are doing, what my husband brought up, is it's not new. I think Mm -hmm. technology has allowed us to see it in living color in places that we didn't have the information. So what I always believe is when someone can shine the light on dark areas, it has to change. And this is one of those things that has been a dark secret and unfortunately done for hundreds of years to different underprivileged and people that are considered uh, in a different economic level or a different level of citizenship. Mm -hmm. Uh, The police have abused, detained, and disenfranchised people. And I Mm -hmm. believe a light is being shown to it through cameras, through cell phones, and it's going to have to change. And it may not change in the next five years, but it has to change. I think people acting on this and marching 
are beginning to be responsible because what ha- what has happened is not only has have the community known about it, but they were also feeling disempowered about doing anything about it. Very so true. there are two things happening. There's there's the light being shown upon things that are that are really not up to the level of what we consider the values of this wonderful country that we live in. And there's also a community that says, you cannot do this in my community. I demand more of you. I demand more respect of you for the people that you are supposed to protect and hold in safety. Mm-hmm. Well put. Well put. Well put. Carolyn Wilkins, thank you so much for your presence and your love and your wisdom. Thank you. And I could not let you go until you tell our listeners something extraordinary that you're working on currently, and if there's any way that they can be a part of it, such as your upcoming book, which we didn't get a chance to talk about, which I'd love to hear a little bit about that. And come back again on the air so we can continue this dialogue because I think it is very, very important for the amplification of positive stories to keep rippling through this incredible country. Oh, beautiful. I thank you so much for inviting me. I have loved the time we've spent over the last six months in the Belief Project of of being a part of a team that's working together for oneness in this environment. And the things that I'm working on include, at the beginning of the year is the season for nonviolence that runs from January 30th through April the 4th every year, 64 days, where we honor the memories of Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and also included are Nelson Mandela, Cesar Chavez, and others. So it's a beautiful time that I focus on with programs of nonviolence and peace. And I'm also actually going to use the Belief Series during this time to have people come together and look at what underlies, what beliefs underlie their sense of injustice and lack of peace. Uh, So that will be coming up uh, from January through April. I'm uh, also teaching a program at Agape called Legends of Uh, Peace and Nonviolence, where we'll be investigating the lives of people who made a difference in the world. And the upcoming book is called Peace, Hope, and Joy, A World of Possibility. And I'm going to have a digest of pictures and commentary of the organizations that are doing good in the world. I don't think there is enough knowledge of all of the organizations that have come through challenges like we have, whether they're children of war or children that have been affected by HIV AIDS or children that have come through challenges of uh, like in Haiti. The light shining on them saying that not only can we handle tragedy and devastation and disaster, but we can actually have a sense of hope on the way out of it and change the lives of people as we're going through it. So the book is focused on the impact of those challenges, but how it really created something greater at the end. And one example is Children of Peace in Uganda. And these are young people who have all been impacted by the genocide, and they were made child soldiers. But they are now 
peace ambassadors. So people don't know about organizations like this. And I am like a Pollyanna for peace. I, I know it's possible, and I want other people to know it's possible. I love that, a Pollyanna for peace. <laughs> Sounds like a doll. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just, I that love just that. came forward as we were speaking. So <laughs> I look at a world of possibility, and because I know, in fact, people have called me a Pollyanna, and I realize it's because I've actually, when you believe something, then I have found evidence of what I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm sharing what I believe and what I know is possible. It's not just an idea. It's already existing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Hey, leave us with a website that our listeners can get a hold of you. And I feel like your Pollyanna for Peace is your life (laughs) quote. But if you happen to have another one, feel free to leave that with us before we end the show. Okay. Thank you so much. The uh, website is peacenet.com, P-E-A-C-E-N-E-T.com, and uh, it is working. There's a short-term glitch with it, but it'll be up tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day, and Mm -hmm. we're looking forward to having people come to peacenet.com. And my message is, Just know that whatever you see and dream from your heart is possible. Because Mm -hmm. if you believe it, and this is from someone else, you can achieve it. But I have seen it make a difference in the lives of children. And I encourage you to find a Mm -hmm. child and make a difference in their life by just telling them that they're here to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Reverend Carolyn Wilkins. Thank you, Sister Jenna. All the very best. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Bye now. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. So are we ready to become Pollyannas for Peace? I believe it's the time. I'm not quite sure how many more senseless acts of violence we have to witness until we put on our little Pollyanna hat of peace and say that's enough. It's time for me to spread it because I know that it exists, and peace lives in me anyway. So I need to be the Pollyanna of peace, spoken wisely by Reverend Carolyn Wilkins. For more information, please go to peacenet.com. It's going to be up on Thanksgiving Day, so please do what you do best, like how you take care of us here. Follow, uh, enrich, um, contribute, offer thoughts and ideas, and continue to make this world a better place. Hope you've enjoyed my conversation today. I did. And as we move further into the holiday time, please remember no one will be able to take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. So let's continue to amplify that quality. We'll end today's show with Kristen Hoffman with her song on love and gratitude. Happy holidays, everyone. Take care.
Cause no.